there's more to this life than I thought. And James inspires me. The things he says have encouraged me. It's like there's a walk, there's a path, and it's leading to something more real than I've ever known before, and it's exciting. I get around James and I hear things that help me in my life, my work. This work he talks about has become my work. I am excited about the possibility that other people could be affected, other people could be inspired to work on themselves, to grow, to, to realize there's more to this life. I do want to talk about confession. A lot of people have some weird ideas about confession, so I thought it was a good thing to talk about. If confession is good for the soul, I have one question. Why is there so little of it in our lives? Is it because we don't want to do our soul any good or our inner man? Let's just call the soul the inner man, okay? Let's just say it's something internal. It's not something external. I don't want to define soul. I don't want to define essence. I don't want to define any of these things because that's a playground and not a nice one for the mind. And I see what the mind does with all that stuff and I think, how about if we just go around that? Because that's actually a mind field. Not a mind, but it's a mind field. And it's almost anywhere you step, you could lose a limb. So you've got to really be careful. Confess comes from the Latin confiteri. Acknowledge from con, expressing intensive force, plus fieri, declare or avow. So our ordinary distaste of the word derives from the idea of admitting the commission of a crime or a fault. So the example that the dictionary gave was admit something reluctantly, <laughs> typically because one feels ashamed. So now you've got this feeling, this taste, distaste really, about this word confession. You have to admit that if you're going to confess, the whole idea of confessing something is really kind of scary. You can feel the contraction when you think about confessing. It's like it's being exposed, it's being ridiculed, it's being judged, it's all of these things. So this is why I want to talk about this. Shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. Consciousness must be of something. If you're going to be conscious, you must be conscious of something. You can't be conscious of nothing because that's not consciousness. That's what we are now, unconscious. Unconscious is conscious of nothing. But if you're going to be conscious, you must be conscious of something. The good or bad are two parts of something that you could become conscious of. Now, conscience, on the other hand, is an inner feeling or voice viewed as acting as a guide to the rightness or wrongness of one's behavior. I think most everybody can accept these definitions. They're dictionary definitions. It's pretty much the way we deal with these words. In order to deal with words in a new way, with new meaning, or with an expanded meaning, you first have to know what your meaning is already. You need to know where you're at, where you are located, what your position is, before you can really expect to accurately navigate to another point. So this other point that I would like to accurately navigate to is new meaning or an expanded state of consciousness, an expanded state of awareness where you can take in a broader view of everything. Purpose of consciousness is to bring light, the light of consciousness, into your inner darkness so that you can see more together, right? So we want to see more things together. We don't want to see one thing over here disconnected from this thing over here. It's not like a little pinpoint light. 
that you shine in the darkness just over here and you only see this. And then you move it and you see that. And then you move it and you see that. No, we want to expand this light so that the whole room is lit, so that our whole interior world becomes brighter, so that there's more light in there. And we can see things how they are connected together. Because only by seeing how they are connected together can we see that some things are connected wrongly and need to be reconnected or changed. And this is called metanoia in the work. Metanoia means not repentance as it is translated from the Greek in the Bible. But it means instead change of mind, changing your mind. But it's more than just changing your mind. It's actually a change of being. It's actually a change of states. It's actually where your insides are rearranged, as it were. And you can't think in the old way because something has changed in you and you can only think in a new way. In other words, you start to become more identified with the good tree that bears good fruit than you are with the bad tree that bears bad fruit or the well that gives fresh water instead of bitter water or salt water. So this is what it's about. It's about becoming aware of that and getting things hooked up to that instead of to what they're hooked up to now, which is very unpleasant. And it's what makes us so violent and negative, what makes us so hateful and vicious with one another, what makes us so judgmental, what makes us so intolerant, what makes us so unforgiving, what helps us, what supports us in keeping accounts that do not us and not anyone else any good at all, but we still keep them. So something's wrong for this to keep on happening. Well, metanoia is when that begins to change and you begin to become connected uprightly. And it starts intellectually in your mind. But later, it starts to take over other areas and other centers in you. There are two feelings of guilt in us. You see, people love guilt. They love it because guilt is payment, among other things. But there are two feelings of guilt in us. Guilt from the acquired conscience. Now, the acquired conscience, as you well know, but I'll reiterate for someone who may have just tuned in or someone who may have just maybe just listening to this as their first podcast. Acquired conscience is the conscience that is different in every culture and every time and every nation, every society. In one society, if you kill your enemy, that's a good thing. And in another society, killing anything is a bad thing. That's acquired conscience that comes from being learned from the people around you in the society, the civilization in which you grow up. You can see it, in a sense, in fashion. If you look at fashion, you'll see how often it changes. Will it ever be in fashion for people not to kill each other for patriotism and war? Well, it doesn't look like it will be on this planet. And that's because that is all based on acquired conscience. You acquire this idea that we're better than everybody else and therefore they should leave us alone or they should give us what we want and if they don't then it's okay for us to kill them because they're bad people and we're good people. That is acquired conscience and that's where it leads. So there's guilt arising from that acquired conscience but there's also guilt arising from an internal conscience, a buried conscience as the work calls it. In a sense then it can be looked at this way, inner guilt and outer guilt. Outer guilt is the guilt that we acquire. Your mother told you you shouldn't wear a skirt that short. And if you wear a skirt that short, you feel guilty. Why? Well, because you're trying to get men to look at you. And that's a bad thing. This is acquired. The truth is, is that internally, everything is different. Everything is different. Now, you may come up with the same ideas. You may come up with the same conclusion, but a completely, from a completely different place. And that is healthier. 
To have something put on you from the outside is not the best way. I'm not saying it's not a good way. It's not the best way. It's great for children. And we're all children, in a sense. You know, I don't care how old you are. Emotionally, you're a nincompoop. <laughs> well, you are. But you don't have to stay that way. And if you can shift to this internal world and these ideas that support it, then you can start to grow emotionally where you stopped. Because everyone that I know stopped growing emotionally at some point. They either started doing drugs, or they started having sex, or they started doing this. They did something to begin to dull, or they started eating, overeating. They did something which I consider a drug, okay? Food used in that way, I consider a drug. So the idea is that they did something to stop their emotional growth, because what that did was that stopped the pain. And when they stopped the pain rather than dealt with the pain in a conscious way, that is when they stopped growing emotionally. That's the theory that I'm putting out. Now, for me, it's not a theory. For me, it is a verifiable fact. And I can not only verify it in myself, I can verify it in you. I can tell you when you stopped growing, when you have a spurt of growth, and when you stop again. But that's neither here nor there. This isn't about fortune telling and things of that description. Ospensky said, everything is false personality. Now find out what isn't. Now, the way of false personality is led by two giants, pride and vanity. False personality always behaves without truth in what we do. So this false personality is connected to the outer. So it's connected to acquired conscience. And it will do whatever it needs to do to not feel guilty in this acquired conscience. What will that look like? Well, Pat, you wouldn't believe how many people think that I pick on you. And if you didn't sit right in front of me, I might not even be using you as an example, but you're right smack in front of me. And so these examples just pop up in my head. So let's say that you're going to school and you're in, like in high school and your mother and your father have told you you can't wear a skirt that short. So you take the skirt and you put it in your school bag and you wear the skirt that your mother and father want you to wear. And you get to school and you get into the bathroom and you change skirts. You take the long skirt off and you put the short skirt on. And why do you do that? It's acquired conscience. It's false personality. It's pretension. It's lying. It is not based on the truth. Why is it not based on the truth? Well, because acquired conscience is not based on the truth. Acquired conscience is based on the outer. It's based on opinions. It's based on things that sometimes are right and sometimes are wrong. Now, you remember what I've told you about an opinion. And opinions are always wrong, I've said. If it's the truth, if it's true, then it's not an opinion because no one can own the truth. But if you have an opinion, it can't be the truth because the truth is not an opinion. It's what's so. So opinions are always wrong. That's the basis of what I say when I talk about opinions. So they're based on opinions. If it's true that you dressing that way is not a good idea, that's an entirely different matter. But when it's based on this acquired thing, this guilt thing, this trying to pressure someone else, this I'm going to fix you from the outside, this is self-development. Now, there's a certain point in our first education where we need to be educated in a certain way. But then there comes a time when there has to be a switch, a transition, where we begin to rely on our second education. We begin to rely on something internal. And then things shift, and then things change, and that's when metanoia is made possible. So we're looking at these two different things, and it's important to keep that in mind. False personality is outer. It's acquired. It is not our own. Essence is inner. It's our own from birth. Essence can only grow through what is true and good. False personality thrives on what is not true. 
So what does that mean? It means that your false personality thrives on lies and pretense. It means that I can twist you around in a knot by either praising you or criticizing you. Mm -hmm. That I can turn you into an idiot. And I can do it in a matter of minutes. Anyone can. Anyone who knows how the false personality works can go to anyone else who is in the false personality and either make them froth at the mouth, foam, and want to kill, or make them go, oh, thank you, and, and lose themselves in that. Okay, so you all know this about yourselves. Good. That's good. There are actually people out there who do not know this about themselves. I know it's really sad, isn't it? But such is life. In the work... We must learn to distinguish between these two parts of ourselves. The difference can be so subtle that only inner taste can distinguish between them. At first, it seems so difficult to know what essence is and what false personality is. We just can't distinguish between them. It's like the difference between a tangerine and an orange, or the difference between a mandarin orange and a tangerine. It's very difficult to tell because we have to acquire this taste that can distinguish between the two things that are very close together, it's more difficult. If you're given a choice between something really good and something really bad, there's no choice. You'll pick what's really good. But if you're given a choice between something that's really good and really good and really good and really good and really good, and then something that's bad and not so bad and really bad and, well, just awful, and now you've got problems. Now you need inner taste. Now you need to distinguish. Now you need a different, finer, more subtle judgment and ability to distinguish. This is what it's like with this internal thing. The more you go with false personality, the more distance from your internal part, your essence. So you will distance yourself from your internal world the more you go with false personality. That is, the more you go with pretense, the more you go with acquired conscience, the more you go with the things in the world, outer things, being praised, being criticized. Same thing, no difference. Being praised, being criticized, it's the same thing. It falls in the same, on the same thing inside of us. It falls on what is false. It falls on false personality. Confession separates you from the false personality, which, of course, changes the direction of the flow of force in you. What this whole thing is about, you know, the Gospels call this being born again. Esoteric teachings call this being transformed, call this the new man, call this the phoenix dies and from the ashes of the phoenix rises this new life. So it's all of this stuff. This is what we're talking about. And it's talked about this way because there's no way to talk about it, literally. The only way we can talk about it is figuratively, metaphorically, because it is not a physical thing. It's not something that happens to the five senses. It's something that happens internally, and we don't have much of an internal language. So we have to use metaphor and allegory and parables and myths and things like that. This change of direction from outer to inner is what makes growth of essence possible by feeding it and making it active while it makes false personality more passive. So the energy for false personality is directed through this one thing that we need to talk about. You're not going to like this, but we need to talk about this anyway because that's my job. You know, my job is to lay this out the way it's taught. And the way this is taught is this way. What conducts force, energy, for the false personality and makes it thrive is self-justifying. A person who is always saying, I didn't mean that, I never said that, has no internal perception of truth. If you've properly observed your internal world, you know the false personality hires only shysters to represent it because winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. Now, do you know what a shyster is? 
A shyster is a, an ambulance chaser, a lawyer who has no scruples whatsoever. He'll do anything. He'll deceive. He'll lie. He'll do anything to win his case. False personality only hires shysters. So you've been able to verify this, hopefully. That's good. Now, this is important because, as I said, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing to the false personality. Now, if you've developed an interior self-observation that's sincere, that's genuine, then you've built up some work memory. And if you've built up some work memory, you will find that you will hire good, honest lawyers who won't take your case when you're wrong. There are lawyers who you'll say, well, blah, 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 she, blah, blah, and they won't take the case. They'll say to you, you have no case, you're wrong. For most of us, those lawyers, the ones we start off with, are not the ones that we end up with. And the reason is because we fire hundreds of them. When they start telling us we're wrong, they're fired. I'm paying you, you, because we come right from the false personality. And our penchant from the false personality is to hire shysters. Anything to win, anything to be right. You do know that you're right about everything. You do know you, the only time you were ever wrong, you were really right because you admitted it. Right. Makes you even more right. Yeah, makes you even more right. So when you're wrong, you can even find a way when you're wrong, it's dead wrong, to be right and even more right by admitting that you were wrong. This is external confession. You know, it takes a little time to undo all this, but I'm very thorough because the work is very thorough. And if you have observed yourself internally, then you know what's going on internally with everyone else. There's really only one false personality. There's one template for false personality. It is this way. Now, there are different ways it can manifest, different ways it can express, different languages it can speak in, different clothes that it can wear. But essentially, the bare bones false personality is the same. And the bare bones essence is pretty much the same. But it can be developed. Both can be developed. Now, if you've hired good, honest lawyers, they will advise you to confess, while the shysters will say, you're right and the other person is wrong. This cadre of nasty little eyes are self-justifiers, self-twisters, who work not for you, but for the false personality, to your detriment. Now, you see, we have to have this. Oh, but, but wait, I thought I, am, I thought I was the false personality. Yes, your identity is in the false personality. That's true. But that doesn't mean who you are. That just means that your identity is trapped, is stuck in a fiction. Instead of it being... In that book on the shelf, which is a nonfiction, your identity, your bookmark, your I, so you have a bookmark that says I, me, mine, that bookmark is in the wrong book on the shelf. It's in the fiction book rather than the nonfiction book. What we need to do is get the bookmark out of the fiction book and get it into the nonfiction book. This is very simply what esoteric teachings aim to do. This is the purpose of rebirth. So you're taken out of the fiction and born into the nonfiction. That's the goal. Oh, that was a good example. Okay, this inner confession is really separation, surrender. It's giving up the liars in you who care more for the outer appearance than they do for inner development. You have to surrender, you've got to give them up. And that is the most difficult thing in the world to do for us. Because our survival as false personality is dependent upon these nasty little eyes that can this everybody so well, that can make everybody less than us, that can separate us from everyone, that can make other people's motives all bad and all wrong, that can make other people pure evil, pure wicked, and make ourselves pure good. Even when we do bad things, we have good intentions. But those people, even when they have good intentions, they do bad things. Because deep down, they're really 
not as good as us. That's what the shysters play at. Now, this inner confession is one of the most wonderful experiences you can have in the work of self-development. It's a movement toward what is yours, and it's a movement away from what is false. You've all experienced this. You've all experienced this rush of force that fed you internally and just went right by the external, and the external just didn't matter. It's like, yeah, I don't care what people think. I know that this is true. I don't care what people think. This is more important. And you were actually willing to do something that this work calls for. It's called sacrifice. You sacrifice these little shysters, these nasty little eyes. You sacrifice them. What that means is you don't go with them. It doesn't mean you cut them up into little pieces or you shoot them or you're bad to them or you're mean to them. That's just more little nasty eyes being violent to you or to parts of you. Because these are all parts of you. It's not about that. It's about not going with them. It's about saying, well, that's very nice and thank you for sharing your opinion, but you really don't have the capacity to make these decisions. Your job is over here. I'm going with these eyes because these eyes have a bigger understanding and a better understanding of what inner development is. So many parts of ourselves make life difficult with all the noise about how they've not been treated properly and how hurt they are. You know what it's like to live in there? I know what it's like to live in there. I know what it's like to have those eyes screaming all the time. <gasps> Who does he think he is? Why did she do? Whoa, that's just not right. That's not. I heard someone, I was talking to somebody the other day. They said, it's not fair. It's just not fair. They're crying. It's not fair. And it's like, right. <laughs> Life isn't fair. Because fair is decided by the false personality. Fair is decided by the shysters. Fair is decided by the judge that they paid off. That's what fair is. And it has nothing to do with fair. What's so is what's so. What's not so is not so. And that's the way it is. Fair has nothing to do with it. But if you're stuck there, you're in hell. Hurt feelings belong to the false personality. You have no hurt feelings that don't belong to the false personality. Let's just get this straight. Yeah, I know, but, 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 I know. And it's like this. It's like the other one, the other one that's kin to this. If you're negative, it's nobody's fault but your own. If you have hurt feelings, you're negative. If you're negative, it's nobody's fault but your own, and it belongs to the false personality, and you're feeding it. Yeah, I know, I know. I told you you weren't going to like this, didn't I? Did I tell you? I told you right up front, I have to talk to you about something you are not going to like. We ordered the Happy Meal. Yeah, yeah. You get the Happy Meal later. Yeah, actually, this is the Happy Meal for your essence. But it's, but it's the crappy meal for your false personality. Wait, I said Happy Meal, not Crappy Meal. Yeah, yeah. And here we are, you know, we we're, we're give people a choice of healthy food or crappy food. And there will be a line at McDonald's. You know, there'll be a line at McDonald's. And the other place is going out of business until they start to put some crappy stuff in their good food. Well, we know that people won't eat this good food unless we really put a lot more salt in it and a lot more sugar in it. So we'll add that. And sure enough, then people choke it down. You know, choke it down then. All right, so obviously we've developed all the wrong tastes. <laughs> I mean, you know, really, seriously, we've developed all the wrong taste. We've acquired all the wrong taste. We could acquire better taste. And this is what this work is, this is where it starts with us. Your taste stinks, you can acquire better taste. Let me show you how. But I like that. Yes, you like that because you're an idiot. That's why you like that. You like that because you don't know any better. Yeah, and addicted. Let's look at this then. If hurt feelings belong to the false personality, and they have to be surrendered if we wish to move toward 
the internal part of us that leads to essence and to real I. There's an internal world that leads to essence and real I. The external world will not take you to essence and will not take you to real I. It will only take you to more false personality, to more pretense, to more lies, to more convoluted, twisted, weird reality. But there is a way to get closer to something more real. Mostly, we think we know best. I hope you don't argue with me on this. Mostly, we think that what we think is right. Now, this is, to cut you some slack, it's like, you know, this is normal. How can you possibly live life without thinking that you're doing the right thing sometimes? You've got to say you're choosing. You're trying to choose the right thing. And sometimes the right thing turns out not to be the right thing. And it's because we didn't know, because we didn't have enough understanding, because we didn't have enough light, because we couldn't see. And we didn't have something more substantial to rely on in those times when we couldn't decide properly. And that's what I mean by the work ideas, something more substantial to rely on. So this attitude toward life and ourselves feeds the false personality. I think I know best. I think I know what's right. That is feeding the false personality. The more it gets, the more false personality gets, the less essence gets. So what you feed grows. What you don't feed doesn't grow. Just that simple. Now think for a moment how useless it is to justify yourself at the cost of any development of essence. Just think for a moment how stupid it is to justify yourself when it is costing you the inner development you say you want. Now, you all, we all agree. We're, that's, yes, that's stupid. We all agree. Yet, we justify continually, mechanically, unconsciously, automatically, and with great vigor. I mean, we rise to the bait like we're starving to death. And we are on top of self-justification. Somebody says, we're right there with a whole battery of shyster lawyers pointing out everything in your case that's right and everything in their case that's wrong. You must confess to yourself that you're wrong. To confess externally is useless, and you know why. The reason is because no one will tell the truth about what he's done. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you say. I promise you, you have never told the truth about what you've done, not externally. You have somehow glossed it over, painted it, put a patch on it, buffed it here, shined it there, left something out. You didn't tell the truth about what you've done. Why? Because the false personality will never, ever, ever allow that. And if your mouth is working, the false personality is working it, especially... It also generates a sense of merit. Oh, of course, a sense of merit. Sure, exactly, <laughs> which we touched on right up front. If you did something wrong and you admit it, that makes you even better. <laughs> you must confess to yourself that you are wrong. How can you know you were wrong with the shysters justifying, twisting, defending while accusing others? If you listen to them, you will never know that you are wrong. You will never be able to admit that you're wrong. Real self-observation builds up work memory, making it easier to see for yourself that you were wrong. Not just take the works or someone else's word for it. In the beginning, we take the works word for it. In the beginning, you may take my word for it. I may say to you, no, look, you're wrong. And you may be able to take my word for it, but that can't be enough. As much as you would like it to be, as much as you would like someone else to tell you, you have to do this yourself because this is self-development. I can model it for you. I can help you. I can point you in the right direction. I can turn you toward the light. But you have to stay turned toward the light. You have to move in that direction. You have to do this yourself. Because all self-development is internal. All confession must be internal. You confess to the higher eyes in you. These higher eyes will conduct forgiveness from above. See, the purpose of confession is to realize 
forgiveness. The purpose of internal confession is to realize internal forgiveness. In other words, to free yourself, to cancel the debt, to free yourself. That's the purpose. Because there is nothing internal that wants to hold you to it. That's all external. That's all from the false personality. It is the punisher. Uncovering real conscience in you makes it more difficult to self-justify. It just becomes so much more difficult to justify yourself when you start to uncover, clear away the debris that covers up real conscience. It just becomes more and more difficult. You become more open to things rather than always trying to alter things to make yourself appear right. Personality becomes more passive, changing the direction of the flow of force in you from the outer, feeding false personality, to the inner, feeding your essential self, what is yours, what you were born with, what you were given. It's the talent or the five talents or the two talents that you were given at birth. Now, you either bury it in the ground or you work with it and you develop it and you make more of it. That's the purpose. That's what essence is. Essence is this gift that you're given that's really yours that was given to you it is yours and now your charge your mission in life is to develop it to all that it can be so when you become more open to things rather than always trying to alter things to make yourself appear right personality becomes more passive changing the direction of the flow of force in you from the outer to the inner what once went to supporting false personality now flows into the development of essence now flows into something internal. Well, externally you may suffer. Externally you may suffer. In fact, externally you will suffer. But you're going to suffer anyhow externally. You know, people think that they're not going to, but you are going to. You see, the truth is, is that when you start to live according to real conscience instead of acquired conscience, people are going to say bad things about you. But if you think that by living by acquired conscience, people are not going to say bad things about you, you have rocks in your head. That's just insane because people have said bad things about you. They are saying bad things about you now, and they will say bad things about you in the future. You can't escape that. Now, the question is, do you want it to go for something that serves you internally, that serves your real essential self, or do you want it to continue to go to this insane monkey that we call false personality that can never get enough of anything, and it's always jumping from here to there, screaming for this and that? So once this flow goes inside instead of outside, this gets the machine working from the right end. This is the new birth of which esotericism speaks. This is one of the great ideas of the work which leads to the development of essence. Think for a moment how hard it is to say you were wrong when you're not going to get merit from it. I'm not asking you to think about how you can say you were wrong and somehow get something for yourself. Think about how easy it is to think that you're always right. Now here's the deal. Make a big, consistent effort to see when you are justifying yourself and then change the direction of the flow of force from the outer to the inner. If you do that, I promise you, development will follow. You must develop. There is no other way. It must happen. If you can catch yourself every time you justify yourself, or catch yourself when you're justifying yourself, whenever you catch it, anytime you catch it, if you can catch yourself self-justifying and stop it, you will change the flow. Now, I mean stop it internally. I don't mean just stop it externally. I don't mean stop saying it, but keep thinking it. I mean literally base it on an idea that is true. And the idea that is true is the false personality has no justification. There is no justification for it. It has a purpose. It has served its purpose and it needs to become passive now so that you, your essential self, can begin to develop and grow. Often the practical application of these ideas sounds like it's going to be easy. The ideas sound great. When we actually run into a situation or a person who's being a little more difficult than we'd like, we find it's not as easy as we thought it was going to be. 
If you've hit a snag with some aspect of this work and its practical application in your everyday life, I invite you to write James at SolidRockVista.com. Sometimes a fresh perspective is all it takes to get us back on the right track.